0: Welcome to the NSCA Coaching Podcast, Episode One Hundred and Eighteen.
1: More than ever, it's developing a relationship and an understanding and a trust that you know I'm I'm taking you down this path because of I want you to be bigger, faster, and stronger. I want you to be more healthy on the football field. I want you to be more explosive. I want you to run better. And uh, it, it's all about It's it, more than anything. It's about building building those relationships of. Of trust and understanding. This is the NSCA's coaching podcast where we talk to strength and conditioning coaches about what you really need to know, but probably didn't learn in school. There's strength and conditioning, and then there's everything else.
0: Welcome to the NSCA coaching podcast. I'm Eric McMahon. Today we're joined by a 40 year coaching veteran, Rock Gullickson, long time in the NFL, uh, college sports. Rock, welcome. Thanks, Eric. Awesome having you on. Uh, we connected at the NFL Combine a couple of years ago now and uh, really just got to know each other over the past couple of years, just talking shop, and I wanted to give everyone here a chance to learn a little bit about your path in the field, so uh, share that with us.
1: Okay, sounds great. No, I appreciate that. Um, I started out uh, as, a, as an undersized offensive lineman, I walked on, uh, at Moorhead state, which is now the university of Minnesota Moorhead and, uh, wanted to, you know, wanted to play college football. And my offensive line coach said, you're too small. And so, uh, I was quickly introduced by my, my dad. My dad took me down to the YMCA in Fargo, North Dakota, and introduced me to the powerlifters that trained there. And, and, uh, they kind of taught me the ropes on, on how to lift weights and, and how to, to, to get bigger and stronger and. And uh, I brought that back to Moorhead State and introduced some things to the my teammates. And before too long, I was telling my folks that you know what the the idea of going into engineering I'm not too sure about anymore. I kind of like this idea of being uh, in the weight room and and working with with uh, football players. And and uh, my folks were like, well, we don't even know what you're talking about being a strength coach because there there wasn't very many around at the time and, and, uh, but I convinced them that I was going to take a switch and start studying the exercise sciences, um, exercise physiology and, and, uh, uh, anatomy and so forth. And I loved it. And I, I, I just really, uh, enjoyed being in those courses. I enjoyed being in the weight room, working with the guys. And once I graduated from school. Uh, from college, my, my football coach said to me, you know, hey, why don't you stick around a year and be an assistant strength coach um, and work in the weight room with the fellows. And uh, it was a federally funded program. Um, it was called CETA, C-E-T-A, and, and allowed recent graduates uh, a year of, of work. And uh, it wasn't a whole lot of pay, but it was a sure a lot of fun and I was able to stay at my alma mater and work with the football team and, and, uh, kind of progress from there, you know, it wasn't too long. And, and, uh, that year was coming to an end and Marty Johnson of Mayville state of North Dakota contacted me and asked me if I'd be interested in coming up to Mayville state. It was the division three school and, um, worked for him and Marty was great. He, he was, a um, a Marine. And he taught me a lot about organizing my day and, and keeping the weight room neat and clean and, and, and working with the football team. But at that time, Eric, I was, I was the track coach. I was offensive line coach. I was in charge of the equipment room. Um, I taught a couple of courses and, uh, I took care of things in the weight room. Um, that lasted for about two years. And my, my wife, Terry, um, and my folks, they, they all agreed that maybe I should try to pursue this a step further. So I went to South Dakota State by the recommendation of a friend of mine, Tom Richardson, who had been there previously. And I met with Barry McEwen. Barry was my advisor. And Barry says, well, you know, I haven't done much of this, pre- preparing guys to be strength coaches, but we're going to write up a curriculum together and we're gonna come up with a a course load for you that will benefit you the most in uh, pursuing your career. Um, 15 months of study there at South Dakota State and Barry was able to help me get my graduate degree, Um, Montana State opened up. And I'm thinking, wow, what are the chances? My wife is from Montana and uh, what a great opportunity for me to, to, to be the first time, first first head strength coach in the Big Sky Conference, um, I met with Doug Graber. Doug was uh, a big influence on me as well. Doug was the head football coach at, at Montana State. I, I got the job. I was so so excited, and um, it was uh, very uh, very much a highlight. And went to went to Montana State. Spent eight years there, and then in that eight years, we won the national championship, and I'm thinking, gosh, you know, this is kind of fun, and uh, uh, I met met a lot of great people, worked with a tremendous group of uh, football players, and and athletes ran the weight room there. Our weight room was 2,200 square feet, uh, a lot of iron, uh, barbells, dumbbells, but not a whole lot more, but we learned the basics, and the guys loved it, they hadn't had a strength coach before and, and they performed uh, super for me. And, and I, I just enjoyed uh, being part of that whole process. And um, after eight years there, I, I started to recognize that maybe there was more to this. Um, the money wasn't very good. I, I loved living in Bozeman. My wife and I fought, kind of found that as, as uh, you know our home base. We always thought that, that uh, Bozeman was our, our place of of choice to live, but time came when it was, uh, um, you know, time to move on and uh, Rutgers had opened and uh, Doug Graber, who had hired me at Montana State was the head coach there. And I talked to Doug and, and uh, he said, uh, I want you to come out. And so we went out there in 1990 and uh, joined the Rutgers staff um, great fun, great fun. Uh, Doug was so supportive and, uh, Doug was the one that said to me, he says, you know, of all my guys on my staff, you have the greatest chance of coaching in the NFL one day. And I'm like, wow, coach, that's, that's quite a compliment. And, uh, from that moment forward, it was my major goal. And, uh, we kind of talked about the you know, the, the lifestyle that we would have and what are the chances of making it to the NFL. Um, we were at Rutgers for three years. I met, uh, I met Jim Hazlitt, um, a couple of friends and I and my wife, we, we drove up to Montreal to watch the, the World League Championship game played uh, between uh, um, a couple of the teams. And Jim was the defensive coordinator for the Sacramento Surge, and they win the game. And Jim is excited. And I had a chance to meet Jim. And and in our brief meeting, he says to me, "Um, what are your goals? What are your goals in in strength and conditioning? And uh, I said, well, coach, you first. What are your goals as a football coach? And he says, "Uh, I want to be the head coach of an NFL team. And I'm like, "Okay, who doesn't? Um, And he says, well, what about you? And I said, well, coach. If you're the head coach, I want to be your strength coach. And that was in 1992. And Eric, eight years later, he gets the job at uh, uh, the New Orleans Saints. And and he calls and he says, at the time I was at the University of Louisville. Um, And he calls and says, "Uh, how would you like to be my strength coach? Are you still up for it? And uh, within days, I was there. Um, After Rutgers, I went to Texas. And I worked for John McAvick. Uh, John was great. He uh, he he told me he told me one thing that kind of sticks with me still today. He says, "You know, I, I've got I've got a bunch of assistants. I've got nine assistants on my staff, and they all think they know more about strength and conditioning than you. But he says you're my strength coach, so whatever you say goes." And uh, I thought that was, that was as much support as you could ever ask for from a, from a head coach. And uh, we had some really fun times at, at Texas. Uh, we won the first Big 12 championship, um, played Nebraska in St. Louis, and uh, it was really a, another uh, highlight uh, of, of mine. Um, from Texas, we went to Louisville for, for a couple of years with John L. Smith. Uh, we we're getting things kind of started there. They just opened up the new stadium, brand new weight room. Um, and uh, Tom, Tom Jurich was our, was our uh, AD at the time. And, and uh, Tom was like, Hey, whatever it takes to get this room to be the best that it can possibly be. We'll we'll, we'll pay for it. We'll take care of it. We want to follow what what you think is, is most important. Evan Marcus was my assistant there. Evan is now with the Browns and, and uh, Evan and I had uh, worked together at, at Rutgers and Texas, and now here at the University of Louisville, and, and we had just a grand time putting that room together for the first time. And uh, we lasted there just two years, and then Jim called and said, would you like to come to the, to the Saints? And luckily, uh, I was able to get Evan to come along, and uh, we started in there, and and. It was, it was such an awakening for, for both of us. I, I had been in strength coaching for 22 years. Um, and you know the idea that as a strength coach, uh, I'm a first year NFL strength coach at the age of 44. Um, and uh, I had two players on that team that came to me. One was Willie Rolfe and one was Leroy Glover. And uh, they both pretty much said, Hey, coach, whatever you say goes, we'll do whatever you ask us to do. And as a first time strength coach in the NFL, that was pretty special. And they were very special men and and are still today and and, uh, helped me immensely to get started. Um, Jim treated me like a champ, uh, took care of us. We had uh, a, a brand new facility that opened up. Um, and we were really, really enjoying our time in, in New Orleans and working for Jim. And, and then uh, Katrina hit. Um, the team moved. We, we spent the season in San Antonio. Uh, we set up a temporary gym there in the Alamo Dome. Um, it, was, it was interesting. The players hung in there, but we didn't have a whole lot of success that year. Um, I thought it was great that Jim held the team together. And that, uh, you know, we fielded a competitive team. We just didn't have the wins that were were, were necessary. And uh, at the end of the year, we were all looking for uh, uh, another job. Uh, I had the fortune of uh, getting to know Mike McCarthy. Uh, he was our offensive coordinator. And um, uh, for five years for, in New Orleans, and he had left to go to San Francisco for a year. And he gets the Green Bay job. Now, for me, going back to, to the north. I'm originally from Minnesota and to go to Wisconsin and, and coach for the Packers uh, was like a dream come true. And uh, the Packers are just a, a tremendous organization. There's 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 none better in football. Um, had a great room and you know, great assistance and uh, really fun to be with the team. Um, and in Aaron Rodgers' first year, we, we, we only won six games. And so Mike felt he needed to make some changes and, and I was off to St. Louis, uh, Jerry, Paul, uh, Mary, had become a very good friend of mine over the years. And, and Jerry helped me get, uh, get in front of Steve Spagnolo And, uh, was able to, to join the, 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 St. Louis Rams. Um, that was an interesting job. It was really fun. I liked being in St. Louis. It's an easy place to live. Um, a lot of good people there in that building, enjoyed the players immensely. And, uh, um, um, Steve lasted he was there for three years uh, we didn't have the win losses that uh, everybody was hoping for and they they brought in uh, Jeff Fisher um Steve Watterson was a friend of mine is a friend of mine and Steve helped me with coach Fisher and I was able to stay with him it doesn't oftentimes happen that when a coaching change is made that you get to stay um but uh Uh, It was great working for Coach Fisher. Coach Fisher, the strength of Coach Fisher is that he's a problem solver, Uh, he's a people person. Um, And obviously, you know, he did a a tremendous job getting the team moved out to LA. Um, Once we we got to LA, um, my wife and I kind of recognized that living full time in LA probably wasn't going to work for us. Uh, A good friend of mine was the, the head coach at Tennessee. And, uh, that was my final, final year and strength coaching was, uh, going to the university of Tennessee for a year. And, uh, what a, what an education for me to go back to the college level, love the kids, uh, the, the players, the young men that I got to work with love working with them. Um, but the, uh, uh, the politics that are involved at some of these schools is, is just, uh, it's just kind of hard to overcome, but we made a lot of progress and I enjoyed that year, but uh, it ended much much too soon. Um, and then retirement, um, you know, going back to Marty Johnson and my first job there at Mayville State, Marty taught me how to work. Marty, Marty taught me about the, the work day, um, how to organize my time, how to uh, decide what needs to be done next. How to, how to prioritize, how to treat people, um, how to get things done, and, and how to be part of a team. Um, but he didn't teach me what to do <clears throat> when, uh, when I, I got to this point in my career. He didn't tell me about retirement. And so I'm, I'm, I, we move out here to Oregon to be with family. And uh, I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do with my time? And uh, so I, I, I looked at a couple of high schools. And a good friend in the neighborhood knew the uh, the head football coach at Sandy, which is just down the road here. And uh, I met Josh Dill. And Josh is the head coach at Sandy. And and he welcomed me in. And he says, uh, you know, hey, what do you see about my weight room? And I said, you know, coach, I'd move this here and move this here. And he goes, let's do it. He says, what do you think about my program? And I says, love your program. What would you change? And I said, you know, just a couple things. I tweaked just a couple things. He says, let's do it. And uh, so um, the, the players started coming in and, and um, it, was, it was really a, a fun year with them. Uh, I wished I was involved more. Uh, COVID kind of keeps me out of school during the class, during class hours, but uh, I get to go in early in the morning and, and, and work with the guys that are available. Um, and again, you know, su- such a learning curve for me, I hadn't coached. Uh, 16, 17 year old players. And so it was, it was a change for me, but uh, what, what a delightful group of young men to to be around. Um, they have so much, so much foresight and so much understanding of, of, of life that I'm like at 16 and 17, I didn't, I didn't know what they know today. Um, but uh, just giving them a couple of tips and a couple of clues on, on how to be successful in the weight room and and how to build your body to stay healthy um, it really has been enjoyable. And uh, that kind of brings us up to today.
0: That's awesome. Uh, you know, Rock, <laughs> you, you speak to the early days and, and kind of the struggles early on of just how challenging this field is. And this is something that comes through a lot on this podcast of just the everyday struggles of being a strength and conditioning coach. And you're now on the other side of it. Uh, and, and, you know we you always hear how many how many coaches get to retire as a as a strength coach it's one of those things where coaches who do tend to find themselves in really good situations and have a lot of luck along the way but with that said you speak to an immense coaching tree of and mentorship and people that have kind of built you up along the way you know, one thing that stuck out for me, you know, you didn't get to the NFL until you were in your 40s, something you were aspiring towards. Do you think that gave you an advantage coming in a little bit more mature, a little bit more seasoned in the weight room? Uh, speak to that a little bit.
1: Yeah, you know, <clears throat> when you look back and, and, you, and you think about the experiences that I had at Montana State, that I had at, at Rutgers, Texas and Louisville, um, I wouldn't have been the coach that, uh, that I was when I first got to the saints without having, taking those steps. And, you know, at the, at the time, you know, you're, you're, you're going through your thirties and you start thinking, well, you know, I'm start, I'm starting to get a little bit older as a strength coach. And, you know, I've been in this thing for 20 years. What's, what's going What's going to happen. Um, is there enough time left to, uh, to make it to the, to the NFL? Um, so at, at, age, at age 44, to think that I was going to have a 17-year run in the, in the league, um, it, just, it just wasn't likely. But like I say, um, if it wasn't for Texas, if it wasn't for the lessons I learned at Montana State, at Rutgers, at Louisville, I wouldn't have been the strength coach and I wouldn't have all that experience to draw from. Um, you know, you, you meet so many personalities. And, and you understand that your, your role as a strength coach is to get as much as you can out of each one of these guys. Um, and you, and you understand that, you know, some guys take a little coaxing, some guys take uh, full out, Hey, let's, let's explain this whole thing to you. Some guys buy on day one and uh, you know, every, everybody's, everybody's different and you have a, uh, with that experience, you kind of understand of how to reach some guys that are, uh, you know, if I was in my early thirties, when I first got to, to, uh, the saints and if Kyle Turley would have come up to me and he said, he says, you know, I ain't doing this workout. And at age 44, I had the ability to say to him, well, you know, we've got, we've got a list of exercises. You know, and, and, you say, you're not going to do this, but, um, maybe you, maybe we just get started with something that looks appealing to you and then we'll work our way through it. And so I let, I let Kyle get started and, and, uh, he's working out with Jerry Fontenot and they become my best guys. They become just outstanding guys in the weight room, but he, he was, he was testing me and, you know, at a, at a younger age, I'm sure I would have said, you know, Hey, I'm the strength coach when you're here, you do what I tell you to, but instead I had the ability, um, to reach out to Kyle and just recognize that, you know, you know, he's going to be, he's going to be different for me. And, uh, we, we developed quite a, a successful bond of working together. And, uh, but without those experiences, I, I don't think I would have had that kind of success with Kyle.
0: Yeah. that That truly speaks to the professional level and what I'd like to ask is, you know, you've worked across so many levels and with obviously varying levels of talent and athletes, what are the core training principles that you hung your hat on over such a long career? I know you like to get after it in the weight room even today, uh, but, you know, what translated into your programming and what were uh, what were some of the big items you stuck with?
1: Well, you know, my, my upbringing was with powerlifting. And so, uh, you know, uh, I always felt that each day you had to do, uh, uh, some type of press, some type of squat movement, whether it be a, a double leg or a single leg, a front or a back. Um, and you had to do some type of pull, uh, whether it's a deadlift or a, a clean pull or a power clean or, or, uh, or, or a snatch. And I always felt that with, with those basic movements being part of your workout you had a chance to be strong, get stronger. And uh, I always like the idea that you tell the guys, you know, Hey, we're going to help you get stronger. We're going to take you to levels that haven't been before. We're going to push you. We're going to ask you to do things with a lot of energy and uh, you need to bring that each day. Uh, And you also have to have a willingness to work with us on your technique. And, you know, we'll, we'll film you. We'll watch you. We'll be right beside you. We'll motivate you. We'll encourage you. Um, but we want to see you get stronger. We want to see the numbers improve. And, you know, you always got a kick out of the guys that even at the NFL level that came to you personally and said, coach, I've never felt stronger. I've never been stronger. I've never, never felt faster. Uh, I've never looked more muscular. Um, you know, that's, that's, that in, that, that's the prize. That's what we're looking for. Is we're looking for that type of buy-on based on the fact that things are working for the athlete. Um, but yeah, the, the, the basic movements, I believe in barbells, I believe in dumbbells, and um, all the basic movements. Uh, you, have, you have to keep in mind, too, that as, as a powerlifter, I, I read about Fred Hatfield. I watched Fred Hatfield lift. I went to his symposiums and he talked about uh, gaining strength. And he said, he says, he was the first one that I heard it from. He says, there's only two things that the athlete needs to bring to the weight room. Number one, he's gotta bring the juice. He's gotta be excited. He's gotta bring the energy to work hard enough to get better. And then secondly, he has to have the willingness to listen to you and work on his technique. and, you know, his point was a thousand good reps makes you a pretty good lifter. But until you've got those thousand good reps under your belt, you're still learning. And for, for many guys, for many athletes, that's, that's years of training. Um, we, you know, when we got to the NFL and, and I had a chance to meet with guys that we were interested in drafting, I would ask them, I'd say, when did you first start training? And if they said, Hey, I first started training seriously when I was 13, 14, 15 years old. I thought, now here we've got a chance. We've got a chance with this guy. If he says, you know, I didn't start training until I was in college, he just doesn't have enough years behind him. And uh, so, you know, let's let's start let's start these athletes young. Let's teach them how to lift, let's teach them the importance of coming to the room with with excitement. Um And then let's make sure that they're being nourished and rested in between.
0: That's a good takeaway, you know, just on building, you know, getting more, getting more time under the bar, getting more time under the bar. And I think back to a lot of us started our strength and conditioning journey as, you know, a freshman in college, you know, high school strength and conditioning hadn't really taken off even, even 15, 20 years ago. And, And, And there's a lot of work to be done there. What are you seeing now that you get to dabble at the high school level? What are you seeing in those athletes by getting maybe a little earlier head start in terms of uh, just their readiness to, to get strong and and how they uh, you know, how their athleticism is starting to progress a little earlier.
1: Yeah. You know, and, and these guys, as you know, Eric, these guys have, access to all kinds of information that we, we didn't have even just 20 years ago. And so, you know, I'm explaining something to them. And the next time we meet, they're like, Hey, I looked up what you said. And, uh, can you explain this to me? Or can you explain to me that? Because they have so much information. So for, for today, it's, it's more than, more than ever, it's developing a relationship and an understanding and a trust that, you know, I'm, I'm taking you down this path because of, I want you to be bigger, faster, and stronger. I want you to be more healthy on the football field. I want you to be more explosive. I want you to run better. And uh, it, it's all about it. It's more than anything, it's about building, building those relationships of, of trust and understanding. It used to be, you just, you just put the the X's and O's on the board. Hey, this is the workout today and this is what we're going to do. Now it's more of a, uh, of a sell, uh, of a, a sales job that this is what we're going to do. This is why we're going to do it. This is why it's so important to you. All right, now let's go. And then it's, it's, it's being on the floor with these guys being right next to these guys, taking out your phone and filming them and walking them, them through, um, but after you've developed that relationship, and you guys all know this, but after developing these relationships, uh, these young guys will go anywhere you ask them to. But they, they have a wealth of information and some things that they, they misunderstand. And it's really important for us to, to step forward and say, no, this is why we do what we do. Now, one of, one of the things, Eric, that I've always more, more recently than ever before was when when we're underneath the bar and we're getting ready to either to squat or to press or to pull, you know, I'm all about breathe and brace. And I'm asking these young guys, hey, let's let's take as much air into your chest as you can and then hold it as we start the movement. And how quickly they forget that. And they need to be reminded over and over and over again. And I, I try to have the patience and the understanding that you know, if it takes me a 100 times to ask them to do that, it's worthwhile. But there's 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 so many little things about the techniques of, of training that the young guys need to be taught. Now, once they once they try them, they're going to come right back to you and say, you know, you, you told me and you stayed with me that when I start my pull, my arms need to be long. My arms need to be straight. And you know, how often guys, when they're pulling on a bar, they want to include their biceps in the pull, And, and you know, that if you do you, at some point you may hurt your, 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 biceps, but it's just all the small little things that if we can teach these guys how to lift weights successfully, and then we just stand back and we watch them take off. Um, Nutrition is interesting too, that You know when you when you explain to the guys their their protein needs and their macronutrients and their micronutrients and the importance of timing their their nutrition um, they 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 don't they don't really understand but once they buy on they they go you know gosh coach you know what you told me it's just it's just perfect it's working great for me and and then you're able to take them from there to the to the next step Um, a very challenging time because like I say you know at montana state i'd put up on the board hey this is what we have today and you know hey the strength coach said it we're gonna do it now it's it's okay but you know why and how you gotta you gotta help them through and and be there for them and uh i've really enjoyed working with the younger guys um and they're they're you know it's interesting too that uh, when 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 you first when you first started out in the business forty years ago, um, I always felt like I had more knowledge than the other people in the gym. I thought, well, I've studied this a whole lot more than they have. Now it's just kind of like, well, I I may not know as much as you do, but I've I've seen what works, and I try to sell it that way.
0: This connects me, you know. I think over the years, you know, we as a field try to. Say, hey, what's the role of the strength coach? You know, within the team or to a player, and you know, it's we're not just exercise instructors. You know, it brings us to you know what you're saying. You know, strength coaches are a guide at times. Sometimes yeah. we're negotiators, you know, and, right, and right. trying to just navigate tough conversations. Uh, right. And I really like that you your perspective brings out, you know, the athlete's job is to show up. If you say, hey, what strength coach, what's your role? Oh, to get players strong. Well, you know, the athlete's job is to show up. And I love how you say, you know, my job is to teach them technique, you know, and they and get the repetition so that they can learn the technique. And if both of those things happen, then they have a chance to get strong. They have a chance to progress as an athlete. And we all know different athletes are going to progress in different ways. You, you mentioned bringing out your cell phone in the weight room, you know, and that probably wasn't something that was available in the early days of coaching. I want to ask you, you've probably seen this in the NFL and at Tennessee and at your various stops, just the evolution of technology in relationship to your foundational coaching principles. I think this is something that coaches are challenged by nowadays of, the blend of the two. How do we stick to our foundational principles of training, and also keep up with the technology and implement that in in an effective and efficient way?
1: Yeah, you know, um, most most of the technology that's available today that that I know of, um, it, it can be so beneficial, but you, you can't lose you can't lose touch of the fact that it's a it's a person business and that the technology can't simply take over. I remember days when uh, Evan Marcus and I were together at Texas and we, we took each guy's folder and we had watched the guy work in the, in the weight room and we're looking at the bench press, the squat, the power clean, and we're assigning numbers for the next workout. And Evan's got a little calculator over there. And you know I'm explaining to the, him, okay, this athlete finished their three sets of five at 200 pounds. Now, next week, we're moving to three sets of three. Let's move them to 215. And he's working the calculator, and each guy takes that, you know, takes, takes a minute or two with each guy, and you have over 100 guys. And so we, we would meet for a couple of hours, and then I would hand write in each guy's folder the weights that he was going to use the next week. Now here's the thing is that each one of those guys knew when he came in to get his folder that rock and Evan spent two hours writing their numbers in by hand. Nowadays, you can take those numbers, press a button and all those percentages are figured for you. And the athlete will grab his folder and you'll look at his numbers and he'll recognize that, you know, those are his particular numbers, but the, 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 the personal side is missing a little bit where, you know, it was, it was computer generated and it was a, a program that had been planned on obviously, but now the computer has taken care of it. Um, I liked the idea that I had a sheet for myself that I knew each guy's numbers. And so when I went to watch him, I would look at the, the number and I'll go, okay, Octavius Bishop, at Texas, his bench press is 285 for three sets of five today. I knew exactly what he was, he was working on. And uh, today I think technology takes that away a little bit. I love the tendos, the idea that you're moving weight with speed. Um, I love every, every chance that you can to watch yourself as a lifter. So any filming that's possible, any, any video that can be taken uh, even just, you know, videoing the cell phone with the cell phone, um, you know, picture paints a thousand words. Guys love to watch themselves as they exercise and you can talk, talk through with them and they can see exactly what you're talking about when they watch their depth on the squat, when they watch their breathe and brace. Um, I think it, it, it's, it's such a good way to, to teach and to be successful with your teaching. Um, but I I, do concern, I am concerned about um, the guys losing, losing maybe a little bit of the, uh, uh, you know, we all love variation. We all love throwing in different, different things, but you still have to be true to the, to the basis. Uh, you know, so I'm in college again, and I'm learning about getting stronger. And uh, I read from Wilmore, and Wilmore says, you know, you have to train heavy. Strong guys lift heavy weights. Strong guys will do reps between two and six strong guys will do multiple sets. And, and, and I, and I hang out with the power lifters and that's what they're doing. And I, I I listen to Fred Hatfield and that's what he's doing. You can't lose sight of the fact that you've got to get underneath the bar and, and, and press it and pull it and squat against it, um, in order to increase your strength to the maximum level.
0: That's awesome. I think it's great we we always take it back and not forget those foundational principles. And when I connect with veteran coaches, those principles come through loud and clear and I think for the current generation of coaches for aspiring coaches, you know, we have a duty to continue to teach those foundational principles and not forget that you know, not every this, this didn't always happen on an app platform or on your iPhone or the personal connection to it. And I, I like that, that story of you filling out workout cards for the guys and plugging right. in percentages. It's just so, so many coaches can connect with that. And so many, and some coaches still do that, you know, if they okay. don't have tons of resources available. And, and that's just really great to hear your perspective on this. I want to ask, Aspiring coaches, young coaches in the profession, coaches in school, studying, maybe some of them have those same goals to get to the NFL or have a long strength and conditioning career and retire as a strength coach. What advice do you give young coaches? And what kind of message would you like to leave them?
1: Well, (laughs) um, you know, it's not not easy. Um, And one of the things I tell young football players is that I truly respect um, the fact that you're playing football and the, and the same thing goes with, with strength coaches. I truly respect that you're in the weight room working with these young men and, and, and helping them in their careers and helping them achieve their goals. Um, but for the, for the young aspiring strength coach, I, I, I tell them that there's, there's, there's three things that go into your success. And number one is that you, uh, um, that, you're, that you work hard at what you're doing and that people recognize that in you. Um, and, you know, coaches move around and, and your name gets, gets out there and, and uh, people recognize that, hey, this guy's worked hard. He, he does a good job. He's good with the players. He treats the players fair. He's tough, but he treats them fair. And, uh, and he gets a lot of results. Um, secondly, your education is important. Um, You know, and and more more now than ever, um, you know, get your bachelor's degree, get your master's degree, get certified. And, uh, you know, that's looked at right away. You know, is he educated? And has he taken the right courses? Has he done the right things with his education? And then you have to you have to get out there and and meet people. Um, If I hadn't met Jim Hazlitt, I would have never made it to the NFL. You know, and 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 tell people what your intentions are. You know, Jim says, well, "What do you want to do?" I says, "I want to be your strength coach." I would have never been Jim's strength coach if I hadn't said so. Um, of the three, of the three, you know, you you're known as a hard worker. You've got a good education, and and you meet people and you you develop relationships with coaches, uh, which is the most important. <laughs> it's unfortunately it's, it's meeting people Um, it's, it's still a people business and it's all about fit. You know, a a coach meets you and he says, man, I'd, I'd like to have this guy on my staff. I think it's a fit. And uh, unless you get out there and and meet people and shake hands. Now the the difficult thing about right now is it's super competitive. Um, You know, when I went to Montana state to interview, with dave anderson dave was the, the chair of the committee um there was three of us there was three guys that had applied for the job and so you know i had a pretty good shot walking in the door whereas now as now for if, if that job were to open again now there'd be hundreds of applicants and it, it's it's so competitive so everything needs to be in place your education that you're a hard worker that you're you're good with the athletes and uh and that you've met the right people that can help you along the way
0: rock if i if i had to add a number four to that list i think it'd be you know make sure you're having fun doing this profession because i hear that come through loud and clear and what you're saying and you spoke to it early and just how much fun you were having through those pivotal years learning the profession at various stops uh after you graduated from school and 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 just working your way up and uh What advice do you have for coaches? Just how to keep this profession fun, even though it can be really challenging sometimes.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah. You know, the, the, the hours are long. Um, I remember when, uh, when we first got to Texas, I was talking to one of the assistant coaches and I was, I was telling him that, gosh, you know, we, we, we get here at six in the morning and and we leave at six at night and, and he goes, well, you got it made. And I'm like, how's how's that? And he goes, you're only working half days. And I says, half days. And he goes, yeah, 24 hours in the day, you're working 12. So what's the big deal? And, uh, but he also did say, take time for yourself, take time for yourself, you know, enjoy the, the, the ride. Um, and, And, you know, going, going back to it, if, if, if you enjoy the people that you're working with and, you know, I, I know that everybody's treating their players right, and, and you're developing those, those positive relationships, but you have to kind of stand back and say, you know, it, I'm, I'm part of this thing, I'm part of this thing, but it's, it's not about me. You know, it's about helping these young people and, uh, and, and taking pride in the fact that you've helped change their lives. Uh, Rusty Whit is a really good friend of mine and he's uh, at Troy University. And Rusty is a green beret, and uh, he's he's been bouncing around a little bit in this business. And and I'm always I went down and helped him a little bit this summer, and was was very fortunate to spend a couple of weeks with them. And it's the it's the life lessons that you teach these young people, because there's there's things that you have seen and done that you should share with with these young people, so that you teach them about life and. And you teach them about the, their responsibilities and their and help them with their goals, um, but that's that's where the happiness comes. I mean, it's great to win football games. It's it's great to win championships, um, but it's those it's those relationships with players that uh, make it all worthwhile. And uh, at, at this stage, when you're looking back, that's all that matters is the effect that you had on the young people and, and you hope that they remember you in a positive way, but that's what brings you joy.
0: Rock. Thanks so much. This, um, this has been a great conversation, just learning your path, your journey in the field, some, some fun stories. Uh, I just want to leave it to the listeners. If anyone wants to reach out and get in touch, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Yeah. My email address is rock R O C K dash or hyphen uh dash t-e-r 79 at hotmail.com and uh, i would look forward to hearing from anybody (laughs) there's there's times during during retirement that you look back at the end of the day and you say to yourself you know um i woke up with nothing to do and by the time it was bedtime i only had it half done so um I would, uh, I would appreciate anybody that uh, would like to reach out and and further discuss uh, anything about the strength and conditioning field. I have felt very fortunate. Um, you know, people ask me, well, what was your favorite stop? I loved them all. Uh, We were at good places at good times with good people. Um, you know, they, they all stick out as, as being favorite spots and, uh, just, just enjoy the journey.
0: Yeah, I think back early in my career when I was getting started and I took a lot of value from reading coaches bios, just what stops they had, what degrees they had, what certifications they had, and I'm really fortunate that in doing this podcast and bringing this to our listeners and and I encourage all of our listeners to take it one step further than that and actually reach out and make connections and hear the stories firsthand because there's so much value in learning from those who have done this for a number of years that you can plug and play into your program with your athletes, maybe a tough coaching conversation that you have. There's definitely, there's people that have been in our shoes before. And so rock, we really appreciate you being with us today. Can I say one more thing? Absolutely. Um,
1: you know, I had I've had great support from my family and my wife in particular, and uh, you know they've always said, "Hey, you know, go for it, do it, rock, go, you know, get after it." And then it reminds me of the most influential coach I had along the way was my was my offensive line coach in high school, and he pretty much said, "You can do this, rock. You can do this," and that's the coach that I always wanted to be. I wanted to be that guy that said, you know, I'm here for you. I believe in you. You can, you can do this because I think that has the greatest impact.
0: Rock, thank you. This is the NSCA Coaching Podcast. To our listeners, we appreciate everyone tuning in. We'd also like to thank Soren Exercise Equipment. We appreciate their support. From the NSCA, thank you for listening to the NSCA Coaching Podcast. We serve you the coaching community. So follow, subscribe and download for future episodes. We look forward to connecting with you again soon and hope you'll join us at an upcoming NSCA event or in one of our special interest groups. For more information, go to NSCA.com. This was the NSCA's
1: coaching podcast.